Hello and welcome to Formation. This is our weekly conversation for followers of Jesus. My name is Shannon Moore and I'm thrilled to be here with my friend and colleague, Renee Hoke. Renee Hoke. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that we get to talk about Christmas. Me too. So and music. Well, actually, Advent first. Well, and then we're going to do both. So uh, last week we started a short series. Advent's kind of short this year because the fourth Sunday of Advent also falls on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So we only have three weeks, uh, full weeks, during uh, for the season of Advent. But last week we talked about a couple of our favorite. And mine was a not so favorite uh, Advent. Yes, you sort of you you changed the rules on me. I did a little bit. Uh, Like I said, I like the text of that hymn, but not necessarily the tune. Uh, This week, we're going to sort of split the difference as we're moving closer to Christmas. I'm going to talk about an Advent hymn, and then you're going to talk about a Christmas hymn. A Christmas hymn, I love. And then next week, we'll just have two Christmas carols. And Reverend Kara Watts will be back with us for that final session. By popular request. Yay. <laughs> yes. We've gotten lots of mail. <laughs> Same. Where's Kara? <laughs> um, I want to talk about a hymn today that um, I'm not sure everybody would know. It's not on the greatest hits. I don't. It might be. Um, I, I didn't know it until I uh, became a, a part of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. But it's called Awake, Awake, and Greet the New Morn. And um, it was written in 83, 1983. (laughs) Most of our hymns and and carols were written a long time ago, but this is a more contemporary piece. It was written by uh, Marty Hogan, who has written some really wonderful things. He um, is living still, and he um, started out in the United Church of Christ, became a... um, music leader at a Catholic church and was so distraught by the poor quality of the music he was being asked to lead that he started writing his own music. Wow. And that's what got him started. And now um, he's a Lutheran, I think, or at least he writes music for uh, he's on the Lutheran move. church. Yeah. And he he does a lot of workshops and, and continues to write a lot of music. Um, this, unlike most Advent hymns, which... A lot of them are so dark and in minor keys yes. and brooding. Brooding, don't yes. You think? This is a really upbeat, happy sounding hymn, and it bounces along. If you know anything about music, uh, it's in six eight time, so it sort of has that da 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 sort of bouncing feel to it, and moves it moves it along uh, quite nicely. And um, it, the first line says, Awake, awake, and greet the new morn, for angels herald its dawning. Sing out your joy, for soon he is born. Behold the child of our longing. And so those words just sort of flow naturally. The way that he's, he's written these words fit the, the tune so well, and it's so easy to sing. Even somebody who doesn't know this song one time through, I think would be able to sing it. They'd be able to sing it. Let's take just a second and listen to a short clip. Okay. So you see what I mean? It's it has that much improved and and happy, right? It, it, it is, but 
I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back down a little bit because uh, one of the things that I appreciate so much about Advent, but often I think we lose sight of, is that um, not only are we getting ready for Christmas and to celebrate Christmas and the birth of Jesus as a baby, but we also have this other coming of Jesus mm-hmm. um, that is going to happen at some point in the future. I, whenever I talk about that, I always point to the right. I don't know why and make that motion. <laughs> but um, this sort of mysterious second coming, mm-hmm. which has been used um, to scare a lot of people. Including you. Including me. Yeah, my whole childhood was based on being afraid of the second coming. Um, which I'm able to joke about now, but it was really quite traumatized. I know it was. (laughs) We've talked about that, the two of us. (laughs) I've probably mentioned it here before, too. But um, having come to terms with, you know, not knowing what that's going to be and just understanding that God's going to do what God's going to do has helped me um, see it in a different light. But if we read some of these texts, um, especially at the end of Matthew's gospel. Jesus has a whole section of these warnings mm-hmm. about, you know, the end of of times and when two brothers when the son working of man, in the field. Right, right, right. I'm going to read a little bit of it. This is from Matthew chapter uh, 24 verses 42 through uh, 44. Keep awake. He says that a lot in these stories and parables that he tells in this section. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And then I've got one for you to read. This this being ready runs in throughout not only the Gospels, but in several places in, in, Paul's, in letters. Paul's letters too and in Revelation. Uh, will you read First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 4? Verses 4 and 5, But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And Marty Hagen touches on this future coming, even as he... Um, is that re- the third verse? This is the second verse. Second verse. He says, in deepest night, his coming shall be, when all the world is just, is despairing, as morning light, so quiet and free, so warm and gentle and caring. And so it takes a, it takes this idea of what could be scary. Right. Like a but you better watch out, you better not cry, <laughs> Santa Claus kind of coming mm-hmm. to get you um, event and turns it into something that's gentle Lovely. and welcome. And I really, really like that. And I think this song has helped me um, sort of grow my own theology about whatever that second coming of Christ will be. Do you do you, do you know this hymn? I don't know it well, and I don't think we've sung it very often, have we, in in Advent worship? Well, did we? And we, I... we have done it, but we would only get to do it once a year because we wouldn't sing it twice in an Advent season, and we would only sing it at Advent. So, yeah. at most, we would get it once a year, and if we miss a year, so that's the thing about these seasonal songs—you don't get many opportunities to sing them in worship. Um, 
but maybe we will this year. I hope we do. I like the story. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will hear what Renee has for us. The members of University Christian Church have a message for you. You are valuable, worthy of love, and already part of what God's doing in the world. We invite you to join us on Sunday morning for worship. Traditional worship in our sanctuary at 9 and 11. Simple worship in the chapel at 9.30. Visit our 1010 service in Walker Hall. We're a church of open-minded people who value curiosity and recognize that we don't have all the answers. We strive to be open and honest about where we are on the faith journey. We seek to practice compassion and generosity. All are welcome at University Christian Church, where you can experience Christ's courageous love for yourself and learn to carry that love with you wherever you go. Explore our programs and upcoming events at www.universitychristian.org. Don't forget to stay connected with us on social media. We're back, and Shannon has given me permission to introduce a Christmas hymn. How what would early... have happened if I hadn't given you permission? I would have just done it would... anyway. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> when do you start listening to Christmas music seriously? What's your okay? I have a habit? big I have a big uh, debate about this with one of my closest friends, and he's a clergy colleague, not here, but he's a minister at another church. He puts on the Christmas music before Halloween. No, that's bad. And it drives me nuts. I am a big proponent of each season getting its own due. So that's right. I wait until after Thanksgiving. This year I'm waiting until December because it's a weird We had year. a little extra, we had an extra in between time. November. Usually the day after Thanksgiving I'm listening to, to Christmas music. Um but um there's a an album called The Advent of Christmas Matt Marr, I think, is the name of that artist. And it's an Advent album. It does have some Christmas songs at the end. But I like to listen to that for a few days um, before I listen to the full-on Christmas stuff. But never, ever, ever before Thanksgiving. I like that. I like waiting, too. I think we... But, meanwhile, we're going to hear it if you get in the car and you're listening to... Serious or go to or a store, yeah. yeah. It's going to be everywhere, all around us. This is one of my favorite pieces of uh, Christmas music in the church um, for a couple of reasons. It's a hymn called Go Tell It on the Mountain. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Also a book by James Baldwin, but we're going to talk about the hymn, which I found out probably goes back to 1865. Okay, so around the end of the Civil War. It then. is an African-American spiritual um Difficult to document those, you know, they were almost like oral tradition passed on. And so this was published for the first time in 1907, thanks to the work of John Wesley Work, Jr., who uh, was collecting spirituals and particularly loved this one. And so I, I had some interesting research online about this, and one of the, one of the, things that I found probably would have good for, been good for me to be able to share it. It shows um, a line of how often this particular hymn was sung. And so it's, oh. the, the timeline starts 1907, and it's just flat until the 60s. And mm. something happens in the 60s 
to make it peak, and then it remains very popular. And I want to just encourage everybody, uh, how, how whatever your music source is, to do a little searching for how, how, lots of people, lots of great mm-hmm. um, soloists and gospel choirs have recorded this song. It just fills me up with joy. And what I love about it, I like that it's gospel music. And I love that it's giving us all a job. Jesus is here. Go tell somebody. And I like, I that. like that part. Well, let's take just a moment and play a clip. Okay, yes. And, and uh, listen to it in case you're not familiar with it. Go tell it on the mountain. You like it? Oh yeah, this is one of my favorite hymns. I was uh, when I remember playing piano as a child. I was really excited when I learned this one because it was so fun to play. You want to just sing it as the at the end of a worship service and just go out on the street, right. and start telling. So this telling it on the mountain actually um, I didn't understand completely, and it has to do with a psalm, Psalm twenty four, talking about who is worthy of approaching the mountain of God, mountain being a holy place mm-hmm. in Hebrew scriptures and in the New Testament. Um, who Think of some people in the Old Testament who went up the mountain. Moses. Moses. <laughs> For sure. Moses did and came down and then went back up again. Yeah, after a temper tantrum. And we so we've got, we've got Moses, even at the end of his life, looking out at the promised land, he mm-hmm. had to go up the mountain. Mountain being a holy place. And uh, let's listen to Psalm 24, 1 through 5. Read that for us. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. So we're encouraged to think of how we prepare mm-hmm. ourselves, our hearts, our souls um, to, to climb up the mountain. And it makes me think of the transfiguration of Jesus' story mm. when they're on the top of the mountain, that, that in God's presence, uh, we need to be prepared. We need to be obedient and righteous and... Um, that this is good news. Now, one of the writers pointed out that while we're thinking of ascending the mountain with this good news, mountain being the holy place, what God did in sending Jesus was to come down the mountain mm-hmm. and and provide uh, this incarnation miracle mm-hmm. among us, us not even having to be worthy of ascending into the presence of Jesus, mm-hmm. but that God would come close to us in the person of Jesus. And live as us, with us. Right, yeah. right. Um, the other thing I like about this um, is the the Bible lessons you get in the verses. That's right, because it really is Luke chapter 2. It's the verses that you would hear uh, read on Christmas Eve in mm-hmm. worship. And so first we have the shepherds keeping their watching, and then we have... Um, 
what who is it besides shepherds um, you read the it. shepherds kept their watching they feared and trembled the angel chorus that's right um that hailed the heavenly birth then we're to the manger now that we've made it to the manger um, the and, lowly manger yeah. so we've really we have this the lowly birth of this child and the mountain of the lord kind of coming together coming together angels, in one song yeah because we've got that glorious angel choir yeah but they're singing to these shepherds who then go to a Make, I just it's, love it's it. It tells the whole story in, in three verses. And I think it's easy to sing, yeah. right? Makes you want to clap while you're singing. I so, love it. Well, I depend, love it. Depends. Do you don't want to clap in church? Um, well, sometimes <laughs> churches play it kind of straight. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we're not playing it. It needs a little oomph to it. So. Yeah. You, could yeah. Play it, you could play it that way, though. Well, on your piano, I know you could. Uh, okay. Go tell it on Go the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, yeah. What's a better great. message than this? Nope, that's great. It's fun. It's um, it's a good one. It makes me happy. Me too. Both of our songs today were uplifting. That's so. right. That's right. Well, Which we'll we see what Kara will have for us yeah. next week. Next week we'll talk about two songs again, um, and both of them Christmas-related. So. And re- remember your assignment to go listen to some great versions of Go Tell It on the Mountain because there are a bunch of them. We are so glad that you joined us. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got our, our email address, formation we do. at UCC. And really, at- although you said we had lots of mail, we don't really have very much mail. So We don't. I was joking because we don't, we <laughs> we don't get like lots of mail. We you. would love to get yes. lots of mail. Formation at uccftw.com. Uh, let us hear from you, and I uh, hope you have a great week, and we will see you next time.